the nerve to ask that little girl you've been digging on if she wants to go out. She said yes, now you're wanting to impress, but you ain't got no Casanova know-how. You ain't gotta read a book to get her on the hook, she's a country baby through and through. If you wanna do a ride on a Saturday night, this is all you gotta do. Pick her up and ah, another episode. It is caution shots. I am your host, Daniel Navore, and welcome to the post Daytona 500 episode. And I was there at Daytona, got to see all three of the big three NASCAR tour races on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, it was an interesting, my first time ever at Daytona International Speedway for any races whatsoever. Um, I had been to probably, I think I've been to about 22 or 20 Indy, maybe somewhere around there. I kind of lost track of how many Indy 500s I've been to. So I'll give you a little bit of what my comparison was comparing the uh, Indy 500, the greatest spectacle in racing, to the Daytona 500, which is called the Great American Race. But we'll start out um, talking about what was kind of the big headline around the country, and that was the major crash of Ryan Newman at the end of the race. I'll kind of recap my whole trip. I'll talk a little bit at first about what that experience was, being there in person for that crash. I mean, you know the race. You always get those green, white, uh, checkered situations. It turns into a demo derby. There's... The giant debate about how, why do we still do this? What well, because we're trying to put on a show. But that's what you're doing. You're trying to put on a show. Um, and everybody is so anti this. You never want to see a driver get hurt, especially uh, a death or anything like that. We haven't had that happen, luckily. And, you know, at this time when that happened, and I'll be the first to admit, when I saw it in person, I was there, saw it, heard it. Um, you just thought the worst. And the post, seeing how the accident was cleaning up. And, and we kind of got out of our seat. We were kind of heading back. I had to return my scanner rental and everything. So we were leaving the state, leaving the track early. I really wasn't getting a chance to stand there and watch what the, all the action with the – or not the action, but the uh, – safety crew and what all they were doing to try to get him out of the car. I was kind of following along kind of like everybody else in the country. I was following along on, on my phone, on Twitter, um, trying to see what news was out there. You kind of saw some of the pictures, them putting the black, uh, barriers up. And, you, and as a race fan, you know, I, when you see things like that, you're like, okay, he's dead in the car. I mean, you first, when you see those barriers, are like, this is bad. Um, how the safety crew was acting because I've been there, I've seen that. I've been to racetracks, um, I've been to a sprint car race. Uh, a driver's passed away. I was at the truck series race back, way back. I don't, don't know the year off the top of my head that the uh, the Tony Roper crash that uh, took him out still to this day, the loudest impact I have. You could just feel it in the stands. It was one of the worst impacts I've ever heard at a racetrack, and that's when they were running straight into a concrete wall. So, the technology and everything, the safety, way out of the out, out of the park. And you know, the, kudos to NASCAR, um, perfect engineering, the Newman Bar. It was just fantastic 
Because, I mean, you really thought the worst, even at the track. I mean, there was an eerie feeling when that happened. And at first, you're like, whoa, what a finish. This is fantastic. Uh, this is awesome. I mean, this is – and then you saw, like, how they were responding the, when the car was hit in, on the Jumbotron. You're like, oh, boy, this is not good. But – and, I mean, it's it still – like, that night I was leaving, we were – they, they, we were parked out in the free parking lot. We were getting on the buses, and I was kind of trying to update everybody around me of what was what I was seeing um, and hearing on the place. I was like, it does not look good. So for the we we were actually <laughs> it only took us a few minutes to get out of the parking lot, which was lovely. So I was got back to the hotel, and that's when I was able to see the um, press conference by NASCAR saying that he was awake uh, in serious condition and. and, and huge fan like like you're like wow really this is because i mean you i was at that point where this is the worst you knew you could, there's nothing he's no way that he's going to be okay or anything like that so yeah that was kind of it and then you saw on um yesterday walking out of the or what would be wednesday we walking out of the uh halifax uh, hospital there walking out of the place on his own power, um, you know, they're trying to keep the injuries. I'm sure they'll come out and say what it was uh, at some other point. I mean, probably when he's next time at the track, he'll have probably a brief because he's just going to get tired of people asking. So he'll he'll come out and say what it was. Uh, but it, it's just fantastic to see. He had his little kids there. It's the best thing you can see, and it just made your props. I mean, there wasn't even – I'm a 35-year-old man. I still remember there's a time – when drivers, I remember the Kenny Irwin, the Adam Petty, um, the Bo Dine uh, crash at Homestead. Those are still in my mind. That was kind of like I was still around when drivers in the safety and still in, in, in sprint car, being a huge sprint car fan, you know, we still have these deaths that occur. So, I mean, it's not something that's about, but for a lot of those NASCAR only fans, the thought of seeing one of their drivers pass away is not, it's been in their back of their mind for a long time. You know, like you don't usually go to a NASCAR race expecting somebody to either maybe get killed or serious injured. But I mean, every time I go to a sprint car race, you're like, well, you never know. I mean, it's, it happens a lot more in that type of racing. So I'm kind of more immune to it, but you really, really never get immune to it. But I mean, you just know in the back of your head, and maybe we'll see how this changes racing. Maybe some of these guys, I mean, they were making crazy moves out there that maybe now some guys will maybe think a little bit twice before doing. So that was kind of the Ryan Newman aspect of the day. Um, and now we can kind of move on to what was my experience at Daytona, just trying to go over all the details and just kind of kind of ex- talk about some of the experience. But first, I want to remind you that you can find this podcast on the Soundtooth app. I appreciate them putting it on there. You also can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So that's where you can find us. Um, and it, it's great to have you back here. It's NASCAR season has kicked off. Hopefully we can get some more positive. I mean, the, I think the, as bad as that Newman crash was, and you never want to see him hurt, but there was a lot of good positivity that's kind of came about from that. A lot of talk. Everywhere I go, people go, hey, you were at the Daytona. Did you see that crash? And that's great news for NASCAR because people are talking about it. So now we're moving into Vegas, uh, a race on Sunday. 
I don't know. Hopefully it's on Fox. I don't know. Maybe it's not on FS1, I hope, because it, this should be a fantastic race for a big ratings coming off of a big story like that. So we're moving on to Vegas. So that's that's good. And it's a season with a Monday race. It seems like it's already here with we have a Friday night truck race. So we'll have a truck race tonight as this podcast comes out. So back to my experience at the Daytona 500 for the end of speed weeks, the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We uh, took my family to uh, Disney World before the week, so kind of tired. We rolled into Daytona on Friday uh, afternoon, uh, got to check into the hotel quickly, kind of rested around a little bit, and then we headed to Daytona International Speedway for the Friday night truck series the race I was kind of looking forward to the most because I am a huge truck series fan. That's kind of the one I kind of watch each and every week. Um, don't watch as much as Xfinity and the cup I do watch, but the truck series race and it did not disappoint. Fantastic racing all night long. Kind of got spread out here and there. Got to see some guys strategize, try to stay back. It's always fun when you're watching restrictor play races. If you're not, like a huge fan you don't really know what exactly is going on there's a lot of guys that are just sitting in the back strategizing like when do we make your move they're really racy up front do we wait do we wait they're gonna crash and it was kind of like those uh i was following along with ross chastain their crew was like okay sit back sit back 20 laps you're like okay these guys are gonna crash these guys are gonna crash and now it turns out they crashed so there was the big one there I mean, early in the race, you had uh, Ty Majeski, the kind of guy that I still think will be able to bounce back from that. Uh, not the most positive way to start the year, but it's Daytona. Guys crash out all the time at Daytona and still have great seasons, so you can't really put a lot into that. But uh, he had a nasty crash early, got upside down, and it walked away fine because at that point he didn't get hit. That's the danger. When you go upside down, you're just afraid of somebody coming in and hitting you. And so he didn't, he walked out and I think he was mostly just kind of embarrassed that he crashed out earlier than anything. So, but it was a fantastic race. Uh, we got to see a almost Cinderella story in Jordan Anderson being able to pick up the win coming so close. I mean, as a huge fan of the guys in the back of the pack, the guys that work their ass off to get cars, trucks, cars or trucks out there to race. Yeah. I was really rooting for him, but, uh, Grant Anvinger, he deserved it. Um, ran a great race. He had a fast truck. So you can't really be disappointed with the final results. You just just really deep down wanted to see that underdog feeling guy to get out there and win. He didn't do it. Jordan Anderson, though, great guy. Finished second. His team was ecstatic. Um, and then they, uh, you know, it was a great way to start the season. Great way. I mean, I think I'm looking forward to the truck race tonight. Every truck race will be fantastic. There's trucks. There's at least 15 really good competitive trucks this year, and that is great to see. It's not just you're going to be your top guys. I think it's going to be the toughest. Uh, I don't know. The you can't the cup field. Once you get to cup racing, it's just at a high different level. But the truck series is going to be an exciting uh, championship this year, and I'm really looking forward to it. So then we go to Saturday. Um, I originally didn't have tickets to Saturday. I was kind of just playing it off. Oh, yeah, well, maybe I'll go watch the Xfinity or not. I don't know. But being in Daytona, you get that itch. So close to a racetrack. Um, 
as tired as I was, I decided, yeah, you know what? I got to go watch uh, the Xfinity race. If I'm here, probably going to be the only time I go to Daytona, probably for five or 10 years. I might go back in a couple years. I don't know yet. Um, but so I decided I had to go watch it. Um, it was a good race. Um, I'm out of the three that I saw, it was definitely the, not the most exciting one. Uh, there was some good racing in the, in here and there kind of spread out during the race, kind of some strategy with pitch strategy kind of opened the field. Um, I know Alex LeBay, um, had a big lead for a while there at the end, but you could always see that one pack was there. Those guys were there. Um, Enora Gregson and Chase or Chase Briscoe, those guys had decided to work together in that four or five car pack. And, um, it almost worked out where it was going to be just them easily winning the race uh, until that Justin Allgaier crash. It kind of packed up the field again. You know, I there was debate, and I think at, at this point now and, and this week, this race is kind of kind of forgotten about after how fantastic the Daytona 500 was and the ending of the Daytona 500. You kind of forget how the Saturday race kind of played out. Um, on the back straightaway, there was the uh, crash. Um, Oh, off top of my head, I can't remember the name of the driver. Wow. Uh, the one car pilot. Oh, my gosh. He won Daytona the year before. Can't remember. Very sad right now that I can't remember his name. He had the crash. This is what it kind of shows that I'm not the biggest Xfinity fan. So he's kind of he's an Xfinity uh, lifer. He ran for Richard Petty Motorsports. One of these days, it'll come back to me. Uh, and I will next week's show. I'll definitely remember his name because I'll look it up after I get done here. But he came out, had a big crash on the back straightaway on the last lap. The white flag already came out. NASCAR decided to throw the caution. Debatable. Would they have done that on Sunday? I don't think they would have. I think they would have let it play out. Um, I know they said they got to roll the safety teams. It's 2.5 mile track. I think you could still roll the safety teams and, and throw the checkered and yellow at the same time and tell the guys to slow down. Safety crew could have been out there. and But, but it, it's a tough spot that puts NASCAR in. I just don't like seeing races end under caution. I never have. Um, I don't think it's fair for the fans. I love the old Arca that you had to take the checkered flag, but I, I can see why it does tear up a lot of equipment. Uh, but at that same time, just make the cars cheaper. But I, <laughs> but but that's it's a tough field to be in because you don't know. But the fans are there to watch a green checkered. You don't go to short track racing to get yellow flag wins. So you want to be a racing Indy car still has the yellow flag. I've seen the Indy five hundreds win on the yellow. You know, it's just even as a driver, if I wanted under the yellow, it just didn't seem like it is accomplishment as much as winning it under the grim. So they threw the yellow. There was really, I think it wasn't going to make a difference anyway. I think Noah Gregson had such a great run coming off the turn four that the guys wouldn't have had a chance to get by him. But, uh, so it was, it, I'm not a huge Noah Gregson fan, so it is what it is, but he got the win on Saturday and it was a nice day at the track. Uh, great weather, pretty good. I think Friday and Saturday crowds were, looked like they were up compared to the years in the past. So that's good to see the support was there. So that was good. But this all is leading into uh, the Sunday Daytona 500. And that's what I will be talking about next.
So Daytona 500 day. Um, we get up early. Um, the buzz is in the air. You can tell it's like it's it's it's. You can tell it's 500 day. This is the Sunday. The, if you're just if you think it's uh, talking about the money, but this Sunday, get up early, get to the track. Beautiful weather. Uh, we walk around the fan zone uh, and Daytona International Speedway. Fantastic facility, top notch, beautiful racetrack. Probably one of the higher technology places. Fantastic. I mean, it's like any kind of nice major football stadium, NFL stadium. So for a racetrack, it's probably the most pristine prestige facility wise uh elevators uh or what they call the injectors the fan injectors i mean a fantastic place a lot different in person for me as if i would expect to what you see on tv you don't really and i think it's just it's a weird thing to feel like because you're kind of in the shopping center but it's kind of the same thing like if you've never been to indianapolis motor speedway and you just kind of watch it on tv you don't understand the feeling that you're in this neighborhood uh, this kind of sketchy part of Indianapolis. There's a shopping center. There's that old church's chicken, a liquor store, and then the old VFW. You see, you don't have all that things. And when you kind of get there in person and you've grown up 34 years and seeing all this thing on TV, it's a little bit different. It didn't. And what I'm going to say is I'm going to compare. So you could tell it's a big race. And, you know, Maybe I'm showing a little bit of my open will favoritism here, but I mean the Daytona 500 pales in comparison to the Indy 500 walking in. I mean, there's no way you can take it a normal person off the side of the street, plug them in Indianapolis Motor Speedway on race day, the sea of crowd of the people everywhere. You just get that feeling. You get goosebumps. You get like this is a huge deal. Daytona 500, yeah, it's yeah. There's a lot of people. I mean, flyovers, cool. I mean, but it just it just seemed kind of like a big football game or something. It just didn't seem like it had the history, the tradition. I mean, when you hear it back home again, Indiana at the Indianapolis 500, and that's what the Daytona 500 didn't just really lack. It kind of just seemed like just kind of a another race that's on a higher like another nascar race just a little bit bigger with the especially like even in like if um, in the old days of the texas races when there was two hundred thousand people there i mean it kind of just had that same feel like now oh, this is just a big nascar race i mean it wasn't like a big sporting event or a spectacular i mean even you and donald trump was there and the flyover. Yeah, it was all cool and stuff. And it just, maybe that is just my Indy 500 homerism that I just trying to hold it up to that pedestal of just, it just fell flat on so many different levels, like on levels. But I, for a fan, the experience at Daytona 500 was far away. Like the fan zone. Awesome. The, the the track, seeing the jumbotrons and everything, like the, the views, thousand times better. I mean, you can't even compare that to Indy. Indy being at the tracks is you're there, you see maybe thirty feet, not thirty feet, but a hundred yards or so, really good of the track, and you can't see the rest. The jumbotrons are small, the the amenities aren't great, um, 
but there's just that feeling like this is a major event, the tradition, the history that you kind in NASCAR it was just kind of like, yeah, this is Daytona 500. And, and then even at the end of the race, you're like, oh, well, he won. So it's, it's like another race. I mean, the Indy 500 winning the guys, nobody leaves their seat. They're waving, they're cheering. I mean, it's an emotional mess. I mean, it's like the big, like you won this huge spectacular thing, like the life changing. And and I get it. Maybe it's just the Daytona 500. I mean, yeah, you win and people say it's life changing, but Trevor Bain won it. And like, is it too life changing for him? I mean, and that's what I kind of feel. It's like, yeah, it's kind of just a, a bigger deal in NASCAR race. And that pre-race show kind of in the pre-race stuff, it was, but it was nothing really special. You had the bands before, but you had that at every other race. There wasn't, I mean, if somebody was just going to say, do you want to go the Daytona 500 or do you want to go the Indy 500? You're crazy if you decide to pick the Daytona. If you had to pick one choice to pick the Daytona 500 over the Indy 500. And that's maybe just my homerism and like, like, I, I left there, and I was like, man, I, this is cool. I maybe come back in five years. Is it worth, the, for me, the $1,000 of hotel rooms and the expensive tickets? I mean, no, not really. I mean, it's not. If I wanted to go back and do it again, it would be like, I'd get a hotel. I would want to be there at the camp, tr- track camping and experience that way. But to do the hotel thing, leaving all the time, but. So I mean, when you just compare the two, it's like the it's like a fancy new thing compared. And the Daytona 500 is not fancy new. And maybe it's just maybe if they redo Indianapolis Motor Speedway and they make it all fancy and add the better jumbotrons. I I it, it's to me like a baseball I mean, Cubs fan. So you go to Wrigley Field, they got the jumbotron, but you still feel like you're at a Cubs game. It's still that it's like the thing the bleachers and everything like that. It still seems like a tradition is still there. I walked into Daytona, huge race fan. Like, a, I'm like, well, you don't feel it. I, and maybe it was just me. Maybe this is just me. You just don't feel the tradition. That is the Daytona 500. Like you do when you go to Indy. I mean, you can go to Indy when the place is empty and you're like, this is the Indy 500. This is, this is Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This is, this is it. This is, there's a feel like you're a feeling in your like skin, you know, your hair. You just like kind of remember all the memories. Walk into Daytona and you're like, eh, this is a NASCAR track. Been to a bunch of them. Yeah, this one, this race is just kind of bigger. Uh, and maybe that, that also might be a sign of how much healthier the NASCAR regular season and the playoffs and the chase and is compared to, IndyCar where like another if you go with Indy 500 it's a thousand times bigger deal than say a road race on the streets of St. Uh, Petersburg, Florida that has like 20,000 people at it so maybe it's, it just speaks the volumes of the NASCAR season being at a better place that it makes each other event a big deal because I mean there's more big events in NASCAR than just the Daytona 500 so maybe that takes some of the lack uh, the luster away um, because I mean, it, I didn't feel any different than when I was at like Darlington for the 500. I mean, it felt the same. So that was kind of just kind of look at some of the comparisons of what I felt looking at 
the two different tracks. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what's going in. Sunday was, it was, we were there. Uh, and we'll continue. We walked through the fan zone. We got back up to our seats. You're tired. A lot of walking. Um, saw <laughs> Darius Rucker. He played some Hootie. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't as expected, but did play a Hootie song. Um, Trump came out. Uh, did his reading off of the sheet of paper. Uh, Daytona was a mega, mega Trump place. There are probably 100,000 people there. 99,500 of them were definitely huge Trump supporters. Uh, the rest of them were probably either foreigners or the very few that were not Trump supporters. But he read it. They went ape shit. I mean, the crowd was just eating it up. I mean, come on. It was... The guy was barely able to read it, and whatever it is, what it is, uh, it was quite kind of. I thought it was quite humorous, but yeah, it, yeah, it was something. Uh, then got in his car, uh, did a the or well, he did the command, read it off the the script. Uh, place went bananas. The USA chants, all, all all the good stuff. Everywhere you went around Daytona, it was Trump hats. It, it was it was it was Trump land USA for sure. So it kind of made it cool that it was only just a 20 lap uh, a race for him. I mean, I don't think I've seen a more meaningless 20 laps of racing <laughs> than than what we got to see on Sunday before the downpour, the horrible decision by NASCAR all around. I don't know what they were thinking. Um, the NASCAR officials did not have a good weekend from the rain delay decision. Um, till Saturday, if you were listening to the Xfinity race and listening to the drivers, the cautions, they were like, they were delayed the cautions. I'm like, were they going to throw a caution? The car sitting out there, uh, all the teams, they couldn't hear the spot. I guess they couldn't hear the officials to throw the yellow. So, I mean, it was not a solid week for, um, the NASCAR officials, but on Sunday we saw 20 laps, uh, car just got single file and they, I think they all knew the rain was coming. It's like, we don't want to ruin our Daytona 500. We're just going to. Put around for 20 laps. The rain came and it's rained. I got the tracks dry. Uh, and then it rained again. And you <laughs> just rained. Then they got it dried. And then they decided to call the drivers back. And we're sitting out here. We're like, I know that it's going to rain. I know they're going to probably postpone this. I know I could probably get back to my hotel in time to decide if they do want to come back to race, I could get back to the parking and race because the rain is that big on the radar. It looks like two hours of rain. Some reason NASCAR decided, I think the Ryan Newman crash kind of overlooks how dumb this decision was nascar was getting lit up on twitter it's it's kind of forgotten about now because it seems minimal compared to what the ryan newman situation was but they called all the teams back and it just the radar is clear as day that it's just going to be torrential downpour <laughs> these guys and they call them back and they're just it just opens up and we're on the other side by the bass pro shop at this time kind of waiting it out i'm like you, putting on we're like the only people that's figured out how to use your phones because if you go to the racetrack, you want to turn your LTE off on your phone so you can use the 4G. And nobody ever knows that and figures it out. So I'm the only one that can tell people anything at the track. So I'm like, the radar looks like yes, and it's about to rain. So 
we still get soaked, even we're dumb enough to not get our ponchos on in time. Well, we have the ponchos, but ponchos are only good pretty much for uh, the splash pad of a roller coaster or something, uh, or misty rain outside. It doesn't work in a downpour. As the wind's blowing up 30 miles or 40 miles per hour, we get soaked. I'm hunting underneath a, a semi-truck trailer. And we're like, yeah, it's time to go. So we finally get out. They finally call the race. We get out to lot seven, the free parking, and we get out. We go back to the hotel. We find out, well, we find out immediately that the race is going to be at 4 o'clock the next day. Doesn't make any sense um, for the people there. And I understand why it kind of irks NASCAR fans. You're kind of at the mercy of TV trying to get better ratings at 11 o'clock race when the weather was perfect all day. Zero excuse not to be racing if he's just doing it for the fans. But, uh, yeah, they decided to do the 4 o'clock. Uh, kind of worked out um, great, I think, for everybody. I think it was kind of a, a blessing in disguise. Great for TV. I think if the fans were able to, some guys were able to go to work, their families were able to come back. with their the family beside us. They were from Minnesota, and they actually got ended up deciding to change their flights. So they were exhausted from that. So they got to rest up a little bit during the day to come back. They drove from Orlando back to uh, watch the race. I would say probably 60% of the people around us came, didn't come back or came back. So 40% of it was uh, – and they sold so much stuff. The concession stands were running out of stuff. So it was kind of a nightmare on that front. I saw some of the NASCAR officials were having to actually work the gates because the TSA, we didn't have an issue on Sunday when trying to get in. The security line was a little bit in the infield. I think you kind of had to be smart on where you went. Uh, I think if you went through certain gates, um, I think security was – because the infield didn't open to nine, so it had a huge buildup of people trying to get in. And they had like one old shitty like 19 – 97 conversion van that they had like a x-ray thing that you put through uh that was kind of their security so they didn't have to open your bags you just run it through so that was probably taking forever because it took me like three minutes on friday night to get my bag through there but overall i don't think it ruined anything there was just so many people in the fan zone on sunday that it kind of uh ruined kind of walking around I probably wouldn't do the fan zone again if I went back on a Sunday. The Friday night, the fan zone was fantastic. I mean, if you go on a Friday or Saturday to Daytona, you must get the fan zone because you get there early enough. You're during practice. They're down there. You can see in the garages and everything. It's really cool. Sunday, I just don't think it's really, if you're just there to see maybe the band that you love, um, you get to write your name. If you were sneaky enough, you could easily snuck down there if you wanted to, if you just wear a band. But um, you could see the band. But, I mean, you're tired. By the, if you go to the Friday and Saturday, you're tired on Sunday. You just want to watch the race. So, Monday we got there. The, the weather was fantastic. Probably sunny and 73 with some overcast. I think it got down probably to maybe 65 at the coldest all during the race. Quick kind of run. Uh, the race was going along pretty quick. Uh, some early cautions. Some of the back marker guys. I'm making some bonehead decisions. Quinn Hoff. I don't know. I mean, I hope that happens every week to that team. What getting rid of Landon Castle was one of the biggest bonehead moves. I know. I'm sure he brought some money 
Quinn Hoff, but well, I don't know what the hell. They're, you're just cruising around the back of the pack. All those guys are – even Kevin Harvick was like, what the hell is this idiot? He was just a pure idiot. Pulled out, blocked Eric Almarelli. Eric Almarelli was like, fuck this. I'm just going to take him out. He did. Took him out, uh, crashed up the car. BJ McLeod, just it was kind of a clown show trying to get those guys they out. I mean, it is what it is. Um, you hate to see it. I don't want a smaller field, so if that's what it takes, and it keeps those guys guys at the shops in business. So it is what it is. Uh, but we kind of got those done early. William Byron kind of got taken out by Ricky Stenhouse. Stenhouse just had a hell of a run. I think Byron kind of came down, took him out on the back stretch. And uh, that was kind of your big deals early on. Uh, Ricky had a mistake passing below the yellow line that kind of killed his day. Then he got taken out coming into the pits. Uh, I never really saw the replay of what happened to Chase Elliott on how he lost his fuel uh, fuel get, or fuel tank and Martin Truex ran. And then some, it's, uh, there's always something that happens on pit road every Daytona 500. So that was kind of the big one on. Uh, on pit road. Uh, and then it just got down to it. You know, you knew how the pit strategy was. The guys kind of got separated, but they worked all together, came back together. You kind of had that one big pack, um, 30 laps to go. You started seeing it again. Guys were driving crazy. You had the big one on the back stretch with about 10 laps to go. And you knew after that, that it was going to be go time. And you, uh, and it and it really and it really was and it was it was a fantastic race all in all, fantastic racing all day long. Um, and then you just had the final ten laps and it's a crapshoot. You guys were trying to find in the place. I think as Ross Ryan Priest and Ross Chastain are definitely my my two guys that go that I go for in the Cup Series. Uh sitting pretty i'm like ryan priest they've been strategizing all day hung out in the back they were right where they needed to be and then ross chastain had a hell of a run i mean they, they i'm just sitting there just all right guys we're looking good we got two guys up there it's just played around here three laps to go we got a chance here guys we can do this one of these guys can win this race i'm gonna be the happiest guy there at daytona I was like hell yeah and Ross Chastain goes low, runs out of room. The other guys block, takes out both of them. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there goes the guys I bet on. They're crashing into each other. That's awesome. And then uh, Clint Boyer, you know, the kind of my backup kind of guy that I like as well. He get kind of hosed on this position. It's hard to, I'm at the track. I can't see the where they're at. On the radio, he's saying he should get there. So it sets up the green-white uh, checkered, and you're is a is fan. I know what what to look for, what to go for. Everybody around, it's a lot of clueless people, a lot of first timers around. They don't know. I was like, everybody's like, oh, Denny Hamlin's gonna win this thing. I was like, well, yeah, he's got a good chance, but I really think uh, Ryan Newman and and Ryan Blaney have the best chance because they're sitting there together. I knew they were going to get that push. It's kind of where you want. These cars had such good momentum. They let Denny Hamlin get out to that lead. Had the push going. Had it set up perfectly. Um, and then it just, uh, when you everybody kind of saw what happened, 
just tried to push him too hard, got out of control, happened right in front of us. I saw the contact, the big crash into the wall. Denny Hamlin was able to go by. Just and uh, and it was is it is what it is. Denny Hamlin had a fa- the fa- the guy had the fastest car all day. I think Gibbs, uh, Kyle Busch, um, the Gremlin got him. The motor he drove that thing around twice around the track, just killing every bug. If there was bugs there, there was no really any bugs, but smoke screening us all. <laughs> just probably laying oil everywhere on the on the infield. But he did that for two laps. But Denny Hamlin had the fastest car. I think at the end, his strategy wasn't the best, but it, it sometimes uh, it just takes luck, and that's what it did on on a Sunday or a Monday night. And Denny Hamlin comes up, your winner, uh, kicks off his season, locks himself into the playoffs. Um, can't blame him for still celebrating. He had no idea how bad it was. Um afterwards but yeah it was uh, it was an interesting race uh on that side of things at the end it kind of changed everything because everything leading up to the checkered flag and that big crash was just fantastic racing it was it was a very good day for nascar and as bad as that crash was i think and you don't want to see ryan even hurt you don't want to deal with all that but the press from it was great nascar is loving it Either the, I mean, the corporate world of it is probably like, this is awesome. We're loving it. This is that dark side of just life in general. People love the mystique of injuries and crashes. So the ratings, I think it'll help NASCAR in the long run that he was able to survive the best news of them all. And that the people understand the danger. Once again, that these cars aren't just like where you can just drive them off a cliff and still survive, that there's still some danger. So it adds that aspect back into it. And the fan and like the people will just be ready to tune back. I mean, I think this week's ratings will be up. I think it's also a very big positive that they're running a race that's going to have a later start time, uh, being a West Coast race, so you'll get more viewers. Hopefully, it's on Fox. I didn't get a chance to look beforehand, but hopefully, it is. So, yeah, we're going into week two. Uh, we got three different points leaders. Three guys got locked in. Uh, and this year is kicked off, ready to go. So we'll be back next week with some uh, Las Vegas talk. We'll uh, see how the results go. First mile and a half. This is this is the big one for deciding who's going to be strong all year long because you run these intermediate tracks more than you do any other tracks. It'll be interesting to see how the um, 2020 Chevrolet does on the mile and a half tracks. Uh, we it's we'll see who's going to be strong. We'll see how if the Fords kind of bounce back for Penske if they're going to be strong. Stuart Haas also kind of had a bad year last year, so a, a little bit of time. So we'll see if they bounce back as well. Uh, I think Toyotas will always be strong. Gibbs is going to be strong, and um and, and and the other big news was replacing Ryan Newman for this race will be Ross Chastain. That is going to be fun to watch. You give him any kind of competitive car, he is. Definitely by far one of the most fun guys to watch. We'll uh, get to see how Matt DiNavetto does in the 21 car. See if he kind of... So there's a lot of good things to look forward to. We got truck racing. We got Xfinity racing. uh, We got cup racing all in Vegas. (laughs) I wish I was there. So once again, thank you for listening to Caution Shots. You can find us on the Apple Podcast uh and on the sound tooth app other shows on there as well you can listen to my brother talk about some trailer park boys stuff like that but 
it's good to be the hair to the season start. We got IndyCar season coming up too soon. So it's great for you guys to be here. Enjoy the week, the racing this week, and we will be back next week for episode uh, two of the NASCAR season. Thank you. I woke up by the crack of dawn And I left a note by her bed Saying, girl, I just gotta get gone That's pretty much all that it said Now I'm out here chasing what I've got to find I sure hate to leave her behind It ain't my fault It's that ass fault Yeah, it calls out my name 